You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Instant Reaction Survivor Series 2019. Welcome to the Evan Roberts Podcast. I am in a very good mood today. You can imagine... It wasn't just that the Jets beat the Oakland Raiders. It was the dominance in how they beat the Oakland Raiders, the continuing development of this quarterback, and just the overall good feeling of watching this football team again beat the crap out of a team, and in this case, actually beating a good football team. So that was story number one of the day that really got me in a good mood. And then story number two is I don't give a damn about what their roster looks like. I don't care that R.J. Barrett didn't play. I don't care that it's kind of hidden in a Sunday night environment at Madison Square Garden. When the Nets beat the Knicks, life is good. When the Nets beat the Knicks, I feel good. And they scared me a little bit when Frank Nilakina had a wide-open three from the corner for a chance to tie this game. I stopped breathing for a few seconds but the Nets were able to grind it out. They beat the Knicks. They've won three in a row. And so I'm in a good mood. Now, if you're watching sports and the Survivor Series, you would know that I would say the first hour and a half of Survivor Series, you're distracted. And that's what I was because you had Knicks-Nets, and, of course, you had the crazy ending to the Patriot-Cowboy game where – Jason Garrett reminded the world that he's not that good of a head coach and his win-loss record is not indicative of the kind of head coach he is. And we were reminded that NFL officiating sucks. So when they opened up the real portion of Survivor Series, and what I mean by real portion is these pre-shows, and I've said this before, I can't sit there and watch it. I mean, first of all, especially on a football Sunday, I can't watch it. And second of all, three and a half hours is a lot of time to invest in a pro wrestling pay-per-view. So the pre-show is never something I can really watch. I put it on one of my iPads in the background, and so I saw a little bit of the tag team match. I saw a little bit of the analyzation. Analyzation? Analyzation. I can't speak. What, what do you want from me? I'm, I'm tired. It's been a long day. The you know Basically, them breaking down what they think was going to happen at Survivor Series, but For the most part, the pre-show is a complete blur. Yet, when they start the NXT Raw SmackDown scoreboard, they're including the pre-show. So, I guess I just have to trust that Raw won a match. It just happened on the pre-show. But but here's part of the problem with Survivor Series 2019. And I'm going to be blunt. I'm going to be very blunt to start. I thought it sucked. Okay. And I have a feeling that that is not going to be a popular opinion. Uh, I have a a kind of a feeling that there are going to be a lot of people that are going to say, you're a schmuck, you don't watch NXT, you don't get it, this was great. And I got that vibe from Twitter, 
Yeah, just kind of perusing a little bit because as I'm sitting there, once the Nick Net game is over, uh, I, I decided to kind of DVR and not really focus much on the Green Bay-San Francisco game. I'll kind of watch it probably tomorrow morning. Try to do it rather quickly because I just – there was a lot of sports in my brain. The Knicks-Nets game stressed me out. So once the Nick Net game was over, I was able to actually sit there and watch Survivor Series and pursue pre- – uh, pursue – no, that's not the word. Peruse. There you go. Peru. You got to bear with me, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been up way too long today, and I've watched a lot of crap. And my day started by taking my son to RPM. You know that RPM? I found out about RPM because they promoted themselves all the time during Mets games. And this is not a commercial. This is not a live read. But he loves this RPM because you go there, and people are racing cars, so he's just fascinated by that. And then all those arcade games. So that's how I started my morning. It opened up at 10 a.m. I was there right as it started. Anyhow, what the hell was I talking about? Oh, yeah. I'm under the impression people like this. I didn't like this pay-per-view. And you know the main reason why I didn't like this pay-per-view? And it's not that the wrestling wasn't good. The wrestling was fine. I go through the matches. There were good wrestling matches. This was fine. I just didn't care. And a part of wrestling is making you care. I don't care about a rivalry between NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. First of all, before I even get to NXT, because I'm sure that's the part people will disagree with me on, there is no difference between Raw and SmackDown. There just isn't. There was a draft or a lottery or whatever the hell they had about a month ago. So I I can't even keep track of who is on Raw and who is on SmackDown. Remember, they had this brand extension after they stopped the brand extension, but they had this brand extension a couple of years ago. And so, yeah, I started to know AJ Styles is the man that runs SmackDown. But then, over the last few months, it kind of just disappeared. And then we had the wild card rule. (laughs) And then they said, but SmackDown is on Fox, so the executives of Fox want to have their own exclusive roster. If I gave everybody a test, and I just started naming names, started saying Randy Orton, and you don't have a lot of time to think, do you actually know what show he's on? And so what the WWE has done to Survivor Series over the last three years is they've ruined it because it's not a pay-per-view that furthers anything. All it is is a fake rivalry between Raw and SmackDown. But this year, they threw in NXT. And I get that a part of why I didn't love this pay-per-view is I don't watch a lot of NXT. In fact, I very rarely watch NXT. So a lot of the wrestlers that I watch tonight, I haven't seen that much. I'll admit it. Pete Dunne, who I was impressed by, I've never seen a guy wrestle. Adam Cole, I've seen a little bit recently. I'm not that familiar with him. Shayna Baszler, same thing. I think she was in the Royal Rumble last year, if I'm not mistaken, as one of the surprise entrants. So I think that's where I saw her. So I get that right off the top, my disinterest in NXT probably ruins it for me. But, but okay, let's say I was interested in NXT. Do you still really care about this? You still care about a fake rivalry that they created? Because that's all it is. It's a fake rivalry. You know, back in the day, and we did the Survivor Series retrospective, and you look at the traditional Survivor Series matches, there usually were rivalries that led to the match. You know, there usually was a reason why guys were in the match or gals were in the match in, in, in the case of now. Now it's just, I'm wrestling for because I'm proud of Raw, because I love the color red. Come on. 
So that's the main basis of this show. Now, there are a few things that have nothing to do with Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, and I appreciated that. I appreciated the fact that unlike in the last couple of years, there were some things completely unrelated to it. But they put this scoreboard up like I'm supposed to care. Who am I supposed to root for? If you're a wrestling fan, who are you supposed to root for? And you know what this is all rooted in? This is all based on the rivalry between the WWF and the WCW 25 years ago. The problem was we never got a payoff for that. When we watched the Monday Night Wars, when we would decide, do I order a WCW pay-per-view? I'd order a WWF pay-per-view. We never got a super card. We never got a super show. We never got the... The, the, you know, the, the pay-per-view that was going to decide who is superior, WCW or WWF. We never got that. What we got was WCW basically going out of business, the WWF buying WCW, and then for many, many years in different incarnations, a new way of creating a fake rivalry between companies or brands. That's what we've gotten for 20-plus years, and when have we ever cared? So when they open up the show with what they called a traditional Survivor Series match between the women of NXT, the women of Raw, and the women of SmackDown, I got to tell you, I mean, besides the NXT women, because I'm not familiar with them, so obviously I know they're from NXT, I don't remember what brand Sasha Banks is fighting for or what brand Natty is fighting for. Was the match good? Was that traditional Survivor Series match good? Sure, it was entertaining. There was a lot of pinfalls. Um, two women from NXT left due to injury. And I say that with a question at the end because at this point I'm really focused on Nick's Nets. But I am looking up, and I did see that it came down to Rhea Ripley and Sasha Banks. And look, this is the positive you want. Did they make a star out of Rhea Ripley? Probably. If they want to continue it, sure they did. She got a victory over Sasha Banks. She was the sole survivor. It was a nice push for NXT. And you're going to notice a pattern. This whole night was about putting NXT over. That's what it was about. It was about introducing to people like me, Rhea Ripley, Roderick Strong, Adam Cole, and finally at the end of the night, Shayna Baszler. That's what they were trying to do the entire night. And you know what the skeptical part of me says about that? That the only reason they were doing that, that the only reason Survivor Series became the NXT Let's Put Over Them show is the obsession that Vince McMahon has that NXT defeats AEW. That's what I think it was. That's what I think it was all about tonight. Because it's not enough to have Raw on Monday nights be a tradition for the last million years. It's not enough for SmackDown to be on Friday nights on network TV with the WWE getting paid billions of dollars. That's not enough. They have to beat AEW on Wednesday nights. And to me, this whole pay-per-view, the build-up to it, which finally gave them a victory over AEW. They finally got one on the final Wednesday night, the go-home NXT show before Survivor Series. And then even all the victories tonight, in my cynical mind, that's all it's about. All it's about is we need eyeballs on Wednesday night because, God forbid, more people watch AEW. That, that's the impression I got from the night. That's a part of why I think they decided to main event the show 
as Baszler, Becky Lynch, Bailey, because they knew we're putting this Shayna Baszler over. She's going to win the exhibition, and that's what I call it. I call it an exhibition. It's not a title match. Everybody's got a title. None of the titles are on the line. It's like last year when Daniel Bryan took on Brock Lesnar or the year before when AJ Styles took on Brock Lesnar. It's basically an exhibition matchup. It's interleague play. But I think they wanted to put NXT over. This is the cynical side of me. I'm just being honest. They wanted to put NXT over, not because they're really that interested in creating stars, but because they don't want to lose on Wednesday night. And hey, here's what I'll say. Prove me wrong. What's going to happen to Shayna Baszler next? What's going to happen to Keith Lee, who was certainly made a star tonight despite losing? What's going to happen to Adam Cole? What's going to happen to Roderick Strong? What's going to happen to Rhea Ripley? You tell me. You think they're going to... What? what? They're going to end up on Raw and SmackDown? Is NXT still a developmental show? What is NXT anymore? And I, I think I'm explaining to you why overall I just didn't enjoy tonight. Now, could I be proven wrong? Could Baszler be made a real superstar and her and Becky are going to have this classic future? Maybe. I doubt it. Is Keith Lee going to beat Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania or in a big match at WrestleMania? Probably not. So it feels as if this show was all about elevating people that aren't going to be elevated for long. But let me go through some of these matches. First of all, can I start with the end? Why did Baszler, Becky Lynch, Bailey main event the show? And, you know, my first answer is what I just said, that they wanted to put NXT over. So the last image of the night, even though it was Becky Lynch's music playing, but the last victor of the night was an NXT competitor. But here's the other reason why I think they main evented the triple threat exhibition match between the women's champions. Because ask yourself this, was there a main event on the card tonight? Was there a true blue main event? Knowing the outcome, knowing the build, knowing the stars involved, was there any match that you looked at and said, that's a main event? Because my answer is, there was not. There was not. This isn't a main event because it's a triple threat exhibition matchup. The only reason why you could look at last year, and I didn't love last year. If you go back to the instant reaction from last year, I'll tell you about matches I liked. I'll tell you about things I liked. But overall, I had that same empty feeling that nothing was growing from this. Now, I think the women ended up growing something from last year because it really led directly to the main event of WrestleMania, which was Charlotte, which was Becky, and which was Ronda Rousey. And that really did start at Survivor Series. I'll give him credit for that. But the Daniel Bryan-Brock Lesnar match did what? It was fun. It was entertaining. What the hell did it do? And it was also weird because we still weren't used to Bryan as a heel. But none of these matches were main event matches. Baszler, Lynch, Bailey, did they have a nice build towards this match? Sure, the build was fine. Build was okay. And do I think they're eventually going to give you Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler? Yeah, I think they hinted at that with the fact that Becky had to kind of get the final beat on her after Baszler got the win, which was against Bailey getting her to tap, not Becky Lynch. So I'm sure they're going to give you a payoff down the road, but a triple threat women's title match in which no titles are on the line, was that really a main event? Did you sit there tonight and say, I'm watching Survivor Series for this match? I'll tell you, the closest thing I thought on paper that was a main event was Brock Lesnar, Rey Mysterio. On paper, because of the fact that they'd given this thing a few-month build. 
Lesnar destroys Dominic. Rey Mysterio is all upset. What's his name got involved? The MMA guy. What the hell was that all about, though? Brock destroyed him <laughs> at Crown Jewel. I don't even know what's going to happen to him next. But at least there was this, you know, main event build towards Lesnar and Mysterio. But was it really a main event? No. And think about what that match turned out to be. Dominic comes in with a towel. I mean, just this oversized towel. Does he know what he's supposed to do with it? Is he trying to throw it in the ring to have the match end a la AEW, but a la Bob Backlund, Bret Hart, a la Bob Backlund's uh, Iron Sheik? Is that what he was trying to do? He was trying to throw the, throw the towel in? Well, that didn't work. And then you get your little rally from Mysterio because Rey Mysterio's low-blowing Lesnar, Dominic Wilmer Flores is low-blowing Lesnar. You know he looks like Wilmer Flores. Be honest. He looks like him. Hits him with the lead pipe. They do the double 619. Uh, he's on top of Ray trying to get the victory. And thank God Ray didn't win. Monzo, who produces Mike, was telling me, I think Ray's going to win. I think they're going to put the title on Ray. And as much as I may not want Brock Lesnar to be WWE champion, I really don't want Ray Doink the Clown Mysterio to be WWE champion either. I mean, what the hell was he wearing tonight? And what has he been wearing forever? This Ray Mysterio comeback should not have happened. Rey Mysterio needs to have retired. Obviously, he can't move like he used to. Not that he's a terrible wrestler, but look at him. He's wearing a green red rooster top. He's got an actual red nose. He looks like a clown. But Brock had to win. I think that's fine and that's fair, and Brock did get a victory. And you know what also I like, though? That Mysterio didn't break out of a, um, an F5. That would have pissed me off. You know, a lot of people are breaking out of F5s lately. You know, the, the close one, two. Oh, he breaks out of it. Rey Mysterio cannot break out of an F5. So I'm glad Brock got the win, but is that the main event? No. No. I mean, Brock just crushing Mysterio. And also, here's the other negative thing, though, about that match. All that buildup for that. Not that there should have been anything different because Brock has to win. But all that buildup for that, for Lesnar just to beat up Rey Mysterio. Rey gets a couple of moves in with low blows, and that's it. Boy, I don't know who they have next for Brock Lesnar, but give me something good, man. So that's not a main event. You want to give me the SmackDown NXT Raw as the main event? You know what's crazy? Looking at the way that match went, that could have been the main event. Even though I don't care that SmackDown won. Roman Reigns is on SmackDown, right? Okay. SmackDown won. See, that's my point. I forget. Roman Reigns on Raw, SmackDown? I know he's not on NXT, but I forget. But that... Felt main eventy because you had Reigns, Rollins, and this Keith Lee at the end. You had Rollins taking a pin from Keith Lee. You had Reigns and Keith giving you a couple of really good minutes, a really good ending. They fist bump at the end. Looking at it now, I guess you could have main evented it. But uh, who cares that SmackDown won? Does it even matter? Meanwhile, SmackDown won that match. I think that pulled them within one, if I'm not mistaken. And I got Corey Graves saying on the TV, ah, SmackDown's going to come back. They're going to take the lead. I'm doing the math thinking there's only one more Raw SmackDown NXT match left. You can't take the lead. How come I know this, but Corey Graves doesn't? Now, as far as that match is concerned, 
Was it entertaining? Sure. I, I think a lot of these matches were entertaining. I think Riddle getting the pin and eliminating Randy Orton, that was kind of cool. I think Kevin Owens getting turned on by Ciampa. Okay, fine. I like this Keith Lee. I don't know much about him, but he looks different. I mean, just to be that big. And, and I know there's a lot of big guys, but he's got that. He's bigger than most guys. He's like a fatter Samoa Joe. And I don't know. I like it. I like it. I noticed that the crowd chanted CM Punk during this match, and I did notice that the crowd hates Seth Rollins. I mean, I know that's been obvious for a few weeks right now, but what happened? What caused everyone to start hating Seth Rollins? Was it the feud with Bray Wyatt? Was that it? Is it the fact he's just not as good of a, a face as he is heel? Roman Reigns turning on Baron Corbin after Baron Corbin had turned on him five times. That's a waste because they're going to end up fighting some meaningless match at the next pay-per-view that no one cares about. But I thought the ending was cool. You get one guy from each group. You have Reigns. You have Rollins, who I still think eventually are going to main event the WrestleMania. And you've got this Keith Lee. And no doubt they made Lee a star in this event. No doubt. Getting him a pin over Seth Rollins was huge. Having him push Roman Reigns was huge. But I think like most of us, we never thought Roman Reigns was going to lose to this Keith Lee. That wasn't happening. So that was good. It was entertaining. But here is one of the other problems I noticed. I'm not ready to kill the traditional Survivor Series match. I do agree that you want something on the line. And there was nothing on the line here. And there hasn't been anything on the line the last couple of years. It's mostly been pride for brands that none of us care about. But in the past, you know, you had Steve Austin as the sheriff being on the line. <laughs> you had the authority having power on the line. You know, there, there have been things on the line over the years. But this year, they actually made it a three-way traditional Survivor Series match. Which is funny because then it's not traditional anymore. You know, how is it traditional if it's a three-way match? Basically, they said instead of the five-on-five -five match with eliminations, we're going to go five-on-five-on-five -on -five -on -five elimination matches. And I think we all have to agree, it doesn't work. <laughs> it just, uh, there's just too many people involved. It's confusing. You've got to have pinfalls so quickly. I know you worked in some countouts here. Like a guy like Braun Strowman got counted out. But if you look at the past... And we talked about this in the retrospective of other five-on-five -five matches. There's a lot of really quick pins. And it almost plays with your mind and imagination that it takes a lot to pin a guy. But in a five-on-five -five match, ah, it doesn't take as much. Well, now we're talking about a five-on-five-on-five -five match. There was just too much going on. And so I get what they're trying to do. If you're going to have Raw, SmackDown, NXT, what are you supposed to do? I think this should be one and done. I think it's too much. What Again, was it entertaining? Sure. But I, I just don't think it was overall great. And I, I think we saw that in both of the three-way Survivor Series matches, the one that saw Roman Reigns as the sole survivor and the one that opened the show with the women that saw Rhea Ripley as the sole survivor. Uh, the NXT title match, I got nothing to say. It was, it was fine. It was entertaining. I like Pete Dunne. I like Adam Cole. I like both those guys. It was a fun match. It was all right. It was good. Never thought that Adam Cole would lose, but it was fine. The Universal title match. Let me get to this. Vince, if you're listening, and I know you're probably not listening to the <laughs> Evan Roberts podcast, you got to stop with this red light. What are we doing with this red freaking light? 
I want to like the Fiend Bray Wyatt, and I do. I like him. The character is so different. The character is so dark. I like even the way they're booking him, that, you know, Daniel Bryan does all those yes kicks, and Bray Wyatt, it doesn't hurt him. It hurts him, but then he gets up. I like that. I like how strong they're making Bray Wyatt look. I know they sort of didn't make him look strong, by what happened at Hell in a Cell, but we've got to put Hell in a Cell out of our mind. It was a mistake, and everybody knows it. He is the WWE Universal Champion. That is Bray Wyatt. He took it at that Saudi Arabian blood money show, and he is the Universal Champion, and I don't think he's giving up the title anytime soon. But we got to stop with the red light. Why are we doing this? Because you want to give the match a different look? It's already got a different look. You've got a guy fighting with this freaky-looking mask on. How much more of a different look do you need? Got to stop with this. They've got to stop with it. Uh, no problem with the ending, the mandible claw into the pin. They're making him look like a monster. They're making him look like an unbeatable monster. And that's great, and that's cool. And I think Daniel Bryan is such a big star. It's fine that he lost. But I do think they have to figure out what they're doing with Daniel Bryan. Like, what's the plan with Daniel Bryan? He had the heel turn. It was awesome. I thought he was going to feud with Roman Reigns because he was the one behind the attacks. It turned out not to be the case. He's sort of friends with Roman Reigns, but now he's not. Uh, The crowd really wants him to do yes chance. He doesn't. I mean, I guess they're going to go to another Ms. Daniel Bryan feud. I don't know. But I want the WWE to figure out what the hell they're doing with Daniel Bryan. And here's the other thing they need to figure out. And I don't know the answer to this. And there's a lot of answers I don't have for what the WWE is right now as we approach 2020. I like that Bray Wyatt is an unbeatable monster. And that's how you have to continue to book him. And I think you have to book him that way for a while. I don't think you should be dropping this championship anytime soon. But what is the end game? And who is the end game? Is the end game Finn Balor at some point? Is that the who in the what? Probably not. So who is it? It can't be Roman Reigns. It can't be Seth Rollins. So who is it? Is it AJ Styles? No, not really, especially the way they're booking him right now. So what is it? And that's what I'd love to figure out. And are they going to keep that title on him until WrestleMania? Both of the champions, Brock Lesnar and Bray Wyatt. Are these guys the long-term champions going into WrestleMania? The three-way U.S. title, North American title, IC title match was a very, very good match. I knew that if they were going to have AJ not win, he couldn't take the pinfall. That's exactly what they did. It was a perfect kind of cheap triple threat victory. AJ does the phenomenal forum on Nakamura. Remember when those guys fought for the WWE title at WrestleMania? wasn't that long ago. But again, Roderick Strong got the win because I'm convinced NXT needs to get over so that they can beat AEW in the ratings. So that was a fine match, very entertaining, great. AJ Styles is the best wrestler in the business. Feels sort of as if they're wasting him as the United States champion. But as we sit here now with the close of Survivor Series, with TLC on the way, with the new year on the way, and the Royal Rumble not that far away. I mean, we're talking about two months until the Royal Rumble. Does anybody booking in the WWE have any idea what their plan is for WrestleMania? What is it? What are they going to get us all worked up and excited about? You've got Seth Rollins getting booed by everybody. 
You've got Brock Lesnar, what else is new, holding down a championship. And I can't even say he's part-time. He is there a lot. So I guess I can't complain too much about that. And you've got this indestructible monster Bray Wyatt as the universal champion. And are you making the NXT title a huge belt as well? You put it on this pay-per-view. You elevated NXT. What are you going to do now with NXT? Am I going to be right that this was all about pumping up NXT so they can beat AEW in the ratings. Is that what it's all about? But overall, this pay-per-view wasn't that good. I'm sorry. Big event, not pay-per-view. Big event. The big event wasn't that good because I need to care. And as much as there are people listening right now who do care about all their favorite NXT wrestlers, I don't. And even if I did, what does all of this mean? It's a fake rivalry. It's not a real rivalry. Raw and SmackDown is not a real rivalry, and certainly NXT isn't either. And by the way, if you're going to have brands, they should be separated anyway. So for the most part, when Raw occurs and SmackDown occurs and NXT occurs, everybody goes back into their corners. So I have a feeling I'm in the minority on saying this. Sure, some of the matches were entertaining, but overall, wasn't a great event. And by the way, during the main event, the crowd was silent. Nobody gave a crap. And one other thing, because this is very important to address, and that is CM Punk. I know that Fox, because they made this very clear, CM Punk works for Fox. He doesn't work for the WWE. Okay, fine. But if CM Punk is ever making a real WWE return, if he is ever coming back into a WWE ring, this ruins it. It really does. This ruins the shock. This ruins the excitement. The WWE is awesome when they shock the crap out of you. When Bret Hart made his return, it lost a little bit of luster. Not going to lie. It lost a little bit of luster because we all knew it was coming. We knew he was making his return. If you remember back to the build-up to Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan, when they, not Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan, I'm sorry, Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan, for their SummerSlam match, Shawn was in Canada, and he was cutting a great heel promo, and he started teasing Bret Hart coming out. And the crowd was as hot as it could ever be because no one actually thought Bret Hart would be there. And he wasn't. It was still a really cool uh, moment, even though he wasn't there. When CM Punk walks through a WWE uh, curtain, and I think he will. If I had to predict right now, I think he will. I think CM Punk will wrestle another match in the WWE. It may be in Saudi Arabia, but he is going to wrestle another match in the WWE. It lost a little bit. It lost a little bit. And for what? For him to be on a WWE backstage show that no one will watch and no one's going to watch? People will watch his return. People will watch his interview. And after that... No one's going to care. And that kind of sucks. CM Punk was one of the big cards left. That big return card. That shock return card. And they wasted it on WWE backstage. That's a shame. Anyhow, a couple of podcasts I want to tell you about. Coming up this week on the Evan Roberts podcast, I'm going to take a tweet and I'm going to make it a podcast. And what I mean by that is I have talked about ranking the coaches and managers in a power rankings in New York sports. I even tweeted out a few weeks ago my current, as of that moment, rankings of the current coaches and managers. Well, this week, debuting on November 26th, 
I will unveil a long-form version of that. But forget that. That's fine. And there'll be some other instant reactions whenever I feel like it. But I'm very excited for the month of December. Because in the month of December, we will be doing Decade in Review podcasts. There will be a separate podcast for the Knicks and Nets, a separate podcast for the three hockey teams, a separate podcast for the Jets and Giants, a separate podcast for the Mets and the Yankees, and finally, an all-encompassing sports talk radio, what we talked about over the last 10 years podcast. So that'll be throughout the month of December, which I've had fun doing. So take a listen. Anyhow, thank you very much for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast. Goodbye.